You hear that buzzing, guys? Yeah, I do. Is that? Do you know? Visceralist podcast. We're recording. Visceralist podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Episode one hundred and three. Oh my god! <laughs> Visceralist at gmail dot com. Uh, Patreon, if you want. I just want to send a quick RIP to uh, Michael Brooks, um, uh, podcaster uh, who passed away very unexpectedly uh, earlier this week. Uh, he was only 34. Um, I was a big fan. So yeah, it was, it was pretty shocking. Um, RIP Regis Philbin too, who apparently was like 88. I mean, that, that makes way more sense. Yeah. I think yes, the, I saw today something about him having the Guinness book of world records, um, for most hours on TV. Oh yeah. I could totally see that. Um, we have special guest zombie boy. What's up? What's up? <laughs> love, love that intro. Love your intro. That's all I got. <laughs> well, let's get right into uh, the world famous segment, trifling in NYC. Uh, Jay, you uh, before recording, you mentioned something about a dog. You want to go first? Yeah, sure. Um, so this happened yesterday. Actually, um, I was in the park and Fort Greene Park. Nice, that's a good one. Um, yeah, it was a solid park. Um, you know, I had some questions about the upkeep of the grass, the grass cutting techniques, but that's hmm. for another day. Um, yeah, that, that'll be for our lawnscaping, <laughs> landscaping, uh, lawnscape park. I, I, I'm bailing, I'm bailing. Go ahead. <laughs> lawnscape, lawnscaping special. What's episode. it called? Is it called lawnscaping? No, landscaping. You were there. You were right there. Okay, all right. God, I'll just um, so it's Man. just you know, <laughs> zombie boy, you got you got something on this? Uh, I just said manscaping. <laughs> nice. Oh man! So it's just relaxing, and there was somebody, you know, a man walks by walking his dog, and the dog was doing that thing where you know. It was clearly looking for somewhere to go to the bathroom, doing that serious sniff. I know mm-hmm. Zombie Boy has has two dogs, so he knows, you know, he knows that when it's time to go, those dogs get in the real sniff mode, right? So mm-hmm. dogs sniffing around, and then it looks like it um, just does a pee, right? Initially, so mm-hmm. then moves on, and that was like to the to my left, like directly so like a little bit behind so like out of the corner of my i looked and i saw i was like oh, okay it was a nice looking dog so i was watching yeah. plus it like had a lot of yeah had a lot of fur so i was like that dog's probably burning up right now so i was probably looking too too long but anyway so then they move forward and they keep walking but now the dog looks like he has to go number two right so then he does start to go number two. So now they're at like my 10 o'clock. He's like going number two. And I was like, man, this dog, you know, peed in one place, number two in another place. And the owner's got the bag out, like ready to go. And I'm just, for some reason I'm watching. I don't know why. But, and then you. The, the dog, and then they stop. You know, the dog is obviously going because you can see the strain, right? So he stops. God. And then uh, the guy looks down and then just keeps it moving. I was like, what? I was like, so, so he had the bag out and it was ready and he didn't. And in my mind, like there's, you know, maybe it was liquid, right? So it hey. couldn't have been picked up. 
or maybe he was just pulling the fake out. Like he has, he just carries the bag. Like he's going to pick it up. Like he just wants to make like, <laughs> like was it? Was he looking around a little bit? He like wasn't. looking like a spy, like over his shoulder. No, he wasn't. And then he just walked away. And then I was like, well, maybe I should go look to see. No, to see if there was any. <laughs> <laughs> but then I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Like, just look, and if it's there, just be mad all day because this guy didn't pick it up? Or well, were you like, waiting for him to walk walk all the way away before you went to check? Did you oh, go check? Oh, yeah. I don't I don't want that confrontation. But I'm going to, like, chase him down. I'm like, hey, it's a pile of dog shit back here that you didn't pick up. Like, So was it there? I didn't go look. I, oh. I chose not to. It was probably uh, the right decision. I didn't need to be mad. I mean, it's like a small trifling, but I don't know. But now the part of me is like, I wonder. It is weird that he would have the bag out. Yeah, I mean, I would I would assume the liquid uh, thing. I don't know, zombie boy. What do you? Uh, as a dog owner, um, I'm also I'm surprised you know about the fake out because <laughs> that's that's real. Let me tell you reason. The, well, for me, when I pull the fake out, I'm sorry. I know people hate people like me, but I'll pull the fake out when I'm running low on bags because I'll need three bags at least every time I walk my two dogs. Oh, and oh. if I say I drop a bag or I, I don't have as many as I thought I had, I pull the fake out. Cause I, you know, there's people that'll watch you, and if they see you, if they see you do that, they fucking freak out. I have, I've had people yell at me from their windows. I've had like, people, <laughs> like seriously, people are watching for that. And then, so you got streets is watching. And then I didn't know people knew about the fake out <laughs> until Justin, because Justin doesn't have a dog. So I'm like, oh my god, um, it's a thing. <laughs> So yeah, that's real. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Three bags. What? Uh, what? So Mochi, the little one, always shits twice, and then Kalbi always always shits once. But if in like the yeah, once in a okay. while, well, yeah, the, the, your math is right there. Uh, once in a while, Kalbi will shit twice, like for some reason, or Mochi or Mochi shits. <laughs> that's three what, times. that's when you go in your pockets, like oh oh no. Yeah. Oops. Or sometimes one one <laughs> flies out of your. One time you pull. Sometimes you pull one out, and one of them flies out, and you didn't notice it fly out, and you're like, "Where the fuck's the other mm. bag?" You know, there's all sorts of scenarios. <laughs> mm. Uh. Okay. Well, maybe Jay. Maybe you can go back later today and and see if it was there. I could. I remember where it was. Yeah. Uh. Well, for my trifling. Um. I don't know why I thought of this. So Visceralist started as a blog that I used to do um, like mock bar reviews, um, like just reviews of different bars around the city. But I would basically use it to basically use it to kind of practice comedy writing. And so I would just kind of make fun of them. Um, And occasionally I would also do album reviews um, and I st- and I, I only started because when I remember when the iPad came out. So, so yeah, so sorry. This is there's some background here. 
when the first iPad came out, like it was pretty cool. I mean, it's not that different from an iPhone really, but you know, it was big and like everyone expected them to do it and they did it. Right. But it had a, um, I think it had the, the book reading app at launch, um, or at the very least had like a, like a Kindle app. And so some other blogger, I, I think, I think on like Tumblr or something, he put, when the iPad came out, all, he posted something that was just a guy giving the middle finger to a Kindle. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, and, and the caption was, look at this fucking worthless piece of shit. <laughs> And so my album reviews that I did on Visceralist were only if I didn't like an album, I would just post the cover and just say, look at this fucking worthless piece of shit. Oh, okay. That's where you got that from. You remember that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Shitting on the Kindle's whole life essence and heart and soul. I see. Uh, Wait, so you only you only reviewed shit that you didn't like on the for music? Yeah, I mean I so because I was I was working at a label at the time and I was like I didn't want anyone to trace it back like me sh- making fun of like our label's release or something. I don't know. I was probably overly paranoid. Um but yeah. So I love things like that. Um but I and then I feel bad that I love it so much um things like what like uh negative reviews <laughs> oh <laughs> like uh for instance um do you know who red bar is no he basically like clowns like all these popular comedians um and their podcasts hmm. and red he's just, like psych- he just psychologically like rips into them but he's also a comedian too and he's hilarious but it's all negative shit um and it's my favorite show and i was like man oh, am I, I look into this and i'm like am i am i just do i just love hating on shit but i'm i'm like owning it now i i like it that's what i like <laughs> yeah i remember um pitchfork um was hyping up this band uh i think they were this is back in maybe like 2012 or around or maybe even earlier but there's this band called the black kids and I think they like they had a single or two that that were really hot, and Pitchfork was hyping them up. And then when their album came out, <laughs> Pitchfork, I think they, I think it's one of the few where they gave it a zero. Ooh. And in, instead of writing a review, all they did was post a picture of a do- of a dog looking up, like looking up to the camera, sort of like whining, and it's with a caption that just said, "We sorry." Oh, dang. <laughs> That's they've surprising. i don't think they've ever they've never done anything like that mm-hmm. before or since that's, that's pretty crazy good. yeah <laughs> that's crazy that they uh, would do well, that well, well speaking of black kids uh zombie boy i understand you were on Jesus and marrow recently i was well i was i was attempting to be on Jesus and marrow and i got all the way to the interview with uh with them so i was on zoom zoom with them and it was supposed to be about restaurant restaurant industry shit and rest. I don't know if it was restaurant workers or just like going to restaurants. Uh, but the first thing I said was that my food business like shut down after one day. And if anybody that knows me, I'm when I say something like that, it's like it's kind of like real light. I'm, I don't take it that serious, but I, right. di- I didn't realize they don't know me. And um 
there they got all like sad for me and then um so they keep asking me questions what did, what did they say well they so they were like oh that's like i'm i'm sorry and then they they weren't in the mood they couldn't joke about it like joke with me <laughs> and, because I, it was all serious but for me it was nothing you know and then um, yeah. I, I tried to joke about like oh yeah no one's fucking with asian people anymore or like it, no one's fucking with Asian food. And then uh, Marrow goes, um, yeah, there's a Chinese place by my house. Nobody's nobody's going to that motherfucker or some shit. But like, um, I, when I, what, like when they wrapped it up, I realized like, wow, that was not how Jesus and Marrow, like how the show goes. Because they were literally sad for me and serious and didn't have much to say. And then I realized like, oh, fuck, I bombed. Like I didn't. I well, need- they. I, they uh, famously like fuck with. Every, like I'm surprised to hear that because they they fuck with everybody. But I think they're really they they are pretty good about punching up. Uh, to use the, the comedy expression, like they like, yeah, they don't know you. You know, you're you're a restaurant owner. Like they don't like they're they're not gonna. Put, well, punch down. I guess like. You know, it's yeah. diff- if it were like B- Batali, like Mario Batali going out of business, like they'll clown him all day, oh, right? Right. For sure. And I think I even said, like, at one point, like, yeah, or they're asking me, well, look, do you still go, you still go to restaurants? And I'm like, nah, man, we're, we're broke right now, or we're, we can't spend money because we're getting unemployment. And we don't know when this shit's going to run out. So, like, everything. <laughs> Led to something sadder, and I, but in, in, in my mind, I was just like, "Yo, I'm talking to Disa Samero, like, oh my god, yeah." And uh, I ended, yeah, you just being straightforward. And I yeah. ended it with, um, "They're like, oh, we're we're so sorry for you, my guy." And then I was like, uh, "But the one good thing is, I'm on Disa Samero." <laughs> oh my god. And I look at their, I look at their faces, and like, in as I recall, as I think about it now, their face was like, "No, I don't know if you're actually gonna be on." Like, kind of like, "All right, man," like trying to be like happy for me, but they're in. You could tell that they knew I wasn't gonna be on the show. Oh my god! So I guess yeah, I guess they record a lot of material. That I mean, yeah, it's a show, so there's gonna be some edits. But but you you said you haven't looked into whether or not that segment's up like they might have used it i don't think so um i've never seen anything with that energy on that show (laughs) (laughs) like like i i was i mean like when i when i rewatched it in my head like what happened i was like i wouldn't put that on the show if i was if i worked there you know i'd be like oh Hmm. cut that cut the asian dude out And I, I, well, I remember I was also the first person to go on, so maybe that's kind of a disadvantage sometimes because uh, you're kind of getting warmed up, you know. Wait, what do you mean the first person? I was the like so. There's a group of there's a group of people all all going on. There's like maybe five or six people doing my segment, and uh, I was the first. And I feel like I like I I think I turned into like the warm up in a way, hmm. but whatever i got to talk to them they're they're really nice cool dudes and uh i they're actually like really sweet guys um i don't yeah they i so i <laughs> i used to date someone who i i called her my nickname for her and 
as I'm trying to remember her real name, I, I'm I'm blanking. So, but the nickname was Mom Jeans because when I met her, I met her out at this place, and she was wearing like I don't like mom, well Mom Jeans, like but like like trendy hipster type of uh, jeans. Yes. And so she was actually telling me about Jesus from his Twitter account, like before the their initial show with Complex. Like she was, she was telling me, she's like, you got to follow this account. This dude's really funny. And it turns out she, she's from the Bronx. She knows Mero. Like her, she's friends with Mero or her brother was like a good friend of Mero's. And so Jesus and Mero actually performed at UCB um, years ago. This is probably like five years ago. And uh, so I went to check it out and I saw, I went up to them after, I went up to Mero after the show and I was like, Hey, I'm not going to use her real name. I was like, Hey, do you know mom jeans uh, from the Bronx? She's her brother is so-and-so. And he's like, Oh shit. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's my, my brush with, <laughs> I'll take it. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. A lot of good stuff going on there. I, I do find though that like, I do get into this thing like where, when when someone blows up that like you like when they had their show on complex and i think it was just audio at first and then they started a video like it's kind of like only the cool cool kids knew about it and so and they they were they were really raw back then too like they you know they were they were fucking with everybody and when they got their they got a show on vice and then the showtime thing like once they got to vice i was like this place is dead anyway you know <laughs> you, you do have that thing. You're like, nah, too many people know about it. I don't, I don't like yeah. it anymore. <laughs> Basically, so I've actually never seen. I've never seen their Showtime show, dude. It's like to. Yeah, I mean, look at their guest lineup. I've actually never seen this Showtime show either. But how do you see it without Showtime? I guess we can talk about. It. They put all their segments up on you. Oh, so I can just go watch if I want. Yeah. Okay, maybe I will. Do they do those long intros on the on the Showtime show? Ken, yeah, AKA, boy. Um, they um, they talk with their producer before the show for like ten minutes. No, I mean like that. They're, they're AKAs. Do they go through the whole. I guess not. I'm, to be honest, I only watch like watch it on YouTube, so I'm not even sure how the whole show goes because I'm like just watching clips but i don't remember the aka i think the aka's may only be so they still do a podcast called bodega boys that's separate from the showtime show i think they do it on the podcast i don't know if they do it so much i don't remember on the show remember that at all yeah uh cool well let's let's transition to our main segment um review of the move very timely review i should add very timely review of the, the movie Uncut Gems. It's uh, in theaters briefly, I think late last year, uh, and then uh, Netflix exclusive. Um, Got to get into it. I mean, I'll, I'll start start off right off the bat, um, and we don't. We can sort of jump around. Um, I think you know it's been out long enough, and people kind of know about it. If I feel like it's the, the kind of thing where if if you're gonna see it, you've already seen I it. I think so. Um, I, I will say like, I was pretty hype for it. Um, mainly because I actually have a buddy, 
um, who's well, Connor, uh, who's been on, he's, he was on the show a couple episodes ago. He's a big fan of the directors and he knew about them like well before uncut gems came out. Like he, um, I think he even knew about them before the movie good time came out, which was their sort of big break, uh, starring Rob Pattinson. Um, and he was telling me about, he's like, yo, they got Sandler for their next thing. It's going to be dope. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'll check it out. And then the trailer came out and the trailer looks really, was, was really cool. Um, and then I watched it and I was kind of like, I was, I will say I was a little disappointed with it when I first watched it, but subsequently I've been like, like I would catch myself thinking about it and I was like, wait, like, like it was kind of, it's cause it's kind of weird and it's structured differently than a lot of other movies and so i've i've gone back to it a number of times since then and i you know sometimes you know I'll usually only watch maybe like 20 or 30 minutes here and there but i've come back and done that like a lot over the last month or so um, oh so you just watched it in like bits and pieces well no i the first time i watched it i watched it all the way through and then my rewatches have been like bits and pieces. And then like yesterday I, I did actually watch it again um, all the way through. Gotcha. Um, but there's something so, that's so striking about it. And I don't know. What, what are, what are your, uh, let's get into initial impressions. I don't know. Zombie boy. What are you? Um, so I saw it in the theaters. Um, oh, really? Yeah. First time. So I have a thing where if I see something that's like highly acclaimed, um, I automatically almost like like it, or I think something's wrong with me if I don't like it. So I'm like, oh, I should like this. Yeah, I'm like ah, like, oh. like, yeah. like like something's wrong with me because everyone says this is dope. Um, so I I thought it was okay first time. Second time I watched it when it came out on Netflix and I, I liked it more. And then I watched it a third time and I loved it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. Like it, yeah, it grows like in the first time I will say I, I was watching it with a buddy and I was definitely drinking and I was like, I had, I had overhyped it in my mind and I was like, I kept, I, I, I can picture, I'm picturing myself like replaying me watching it with my buddy and I, I I'm seeing myself turn to look at him and being like with a screw face being like, what, like what, what the fuck? Why'd he do that? What's up with that music? Why is the music so weird? <laughs> and then kind of being like disappointed, but I got to tell you, man, I, I don't go back to many movies or TV shows for rewatches, but, but this one had me, I don't know, Jay, what, what are you thinking? Um, I, I was excited to see it. Um, I didn't go in the theaters mainly because I knew it was going to be on Netflix and it's like, I'll just wait. But um, it was surprising. It held, it definitely held my attention for the entire length of the film. Um, I think overall I, I liked it. There were a lot of frustrating characters, but um, I, you know, I, I, I felt stressed watching it, but yeah, like, that, I guess that like chaos and that stressfulness in it definitely uh, kept my attention. So like there, my mind was not wandering at all. Like I wasn't looking at my phone. Like I just had to pay attention and think like, man, what is going to happen to this guy next? Like, what is he going to do now? 
Yeah, they're, they're definitely great at at building tension. And I don't know you actually. You and I we did an episode a couple months ago where we talked about the movie It Comes at Night. Mm, yeah, which is like really stressful and intense just from the beginning, and never lets up. And I w- I wouldn't say that this one's that intense. Um, because the st- I don't know, like, yeah, I definitely was concerned for this guy, and he kept fucking up over and over, mm-hmm. and it seemed like he kept kind of getting away with getting away with it. I mean, until the end, of course, but, um, but yeah, and and actually, like, they so I started watching the movie Good Time as well, and I actually had to stop watching it because it was getting really stressful, like stressful for me in a way that like it involves uh, a character going to jail pretty early. And I was, it's a young guy and I was just like, so stressed for him. And I was like, I, I, I had to pause it. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to go back and watch it. It seems pretty stressful. I don't, I don't know. Zombie boy. What, what are your thoughts? There? So have either of you ever been into gambling? And I think like, when I was a kid, my dad my dad started us gambling when I, like he started my gambling problems where he would give us allowance and gamble it from us. Like what? Like, so he'd be like, "Here's <laughs> on what he would." So he would set up blackjack. He would have he would play checkers with us. So he would give us allowance and he would win it all back from us. And so. <laughs> So when I was a kid, I'm like already into gambling. You know? But what what I but my point is with that is, um, if you if you um, are a gambler, that story is way more dope. Like if you understand like the ins and outs of gambling. Um, okay. Yeah, I gotta say, like they they do they throw around a lot of gambling jargon. And they do something where, that I like where they don't overly explain it. Like they assume that, you know, and if you don't know, well, you, you got to figure it out from the context or whatever. Um, and they did a good job of that. And I've been like, no, you know, I, I certainly have my vices, but I, I do feel lucky that I've never really gotten into gambling. Um, the only time I've been to a casino was um, some friends and I went to uh, we went to, randomly went to Montreal for a New Year's Eve. And there's a big casino like right in the center of town. And we went there and I was like, I didn't want to do any of the gambling. So I just watched my friends play and it was really boring and they kept serving us coffee. Uh, And I, I think like for some reason there weren't drinks or the drinks were too expensive. I didn't want to buy them. So yeah, that's one of the most boring moments of my life. Drinking coffee, watching people gamble. Yeah. It was awful. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I'm glad I never got into gambling because, man, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, it seemed this this story seems pretty true to life. Like, it could happen. Yeah. Um, and, man, like, he 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 really got into it. So You know what else? I, th- um, I, th- I when When you yeah, were talking ahead. about, like, the specifics of the bets, like, that also reminded me, like, I've read, I think I've, like, read some random stories, like, like mainly sports stories and just heard it on podcasts, but like this, like really reinforced it that, yeah, you can literally like bet on anything. Like part of these like string of bets that it was like some of it was just winning the, the opening parlay. tip. Yeah. Like if they lose that opening tip that you've lost the whole bet already in one second. Yeah. 
So those parlays that he put down, <laughs> like, so the first one he puts like six. Can you, yeah, can, Zombie Boy, why don't you, ex- can you explain the basics of a parlay for, so, for listeners who may not really know? So you put um, multiple things down. Um, t- you need multiple things that you bet on. Everything you bet on needs to happen in a parlay. So if you bet on five things, they they all have to hit. But so he's putting down all that money down. You can put $20 on a parlay and win like 300 or 400 you know that's it well it seems like he's putting that's that's hard that's a harder thing to have it should the odds should be more like like a hundred to one um i Uh, mean it it varies depending on like um like the quality of the player or the team or whatever or like uh maybe they're on a winning streak but that bet that he put those two bets that he put on if he hits those that is so much money because it would it would have been so much money if you put a hundred dollars down and he's put well he was and he was putting a lot like he, he put like what one sixty or one seventy on the last one you know right. that would have been crazy that would have been multi million dollars like that chick had in those duffel bags that was like probably four or five million if not more when she's leaving yeah. after she cashed out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, let's, let's go through it. I, I took some notes. Um, and I think I stopped taking notes about an hour in, I don't know. I guess I just got distracted, but in any case, the first, the first shot is, is, uh, is this sort of, um, I don't know. How would you describe it? Like it, it's a, it's a sort of artistic, like it starts in outer space and then it winds up going into, like what we've later found out is like he's having a colonoscopy and so it's camera footage from inside you know his body but for me my initial thought was like oh this is a, a childbirth thing like it's going to wind up on a on a baby in the womb and then it turns out it's just his ass basically. <laughs> i don't know is you think is there a metaphor there it seems like it seems one of the things that seems like it should be a metaphor for something but Got it, him. I don't got yeah. him, right? It, like you were like yeah. like you were saying earlier, like yeah, like I don't I don't get I, I get that this is maybe supposed to be something metaphorical, but I don't I have no clue what it is. Like I, I feel it too. Like like that mean that shot like meant something. It means something. It's supposed to. I'm like, well I didn't I missed it. I don't know what I was supposed to get from no. it. Yeah. It's I'm pretty sure it's well, I'm supposed to get something. This anus uh, means something, man. This anus means something. <laughs> I don't know what, but um, yeah. And then it goes to um, Ethiopia, where they find the uh, the titular gem, I guess. Um, what? Yeah. What? Which? Th- that was interesting too, because it's it's the, they find this big rock that I guess is yeah, it's an uncut gem that he buys, and then he tries to resell. Um, throughout the movie like it's it's a big sort of a big deal it's kind of drives the plot but me looking at it it looks like just a rock with some glowy bits basically and like i as i was watching i was thinking like man like all this shit is just made up it's all just random attribution of a price to something because it sparkles you know and and it's it's i don't know like it was striking for me that like yeah like none of it really matters but there's this whole business i mean he works at it he's the main character howard runs a a jewelry exchange basically um but it's so arbitrary like we arbitrarily assign value to these metals just be just 
because of the supply and demand, basically. Yeah. You know, but, but the fact that it's just this hunk of rock that is so supposed to be so valuable that I, I don't know. Is that another metaphor th- that I'm picking up on there? Zombie well, boy? yeah, the, the price does fluctuate all through the movie too. Um, like it, right. So he, he buys it for a hundred K and then he tries to sell it to Kevin Garnett, but then he can't. But then it goes to auction. No, he wasn't supposed to sell it to Kevin. Yeah, he wanted to show Nobody, it. Because where. it was supposed to be at auction from the beginning, but he just wanted to like show off. But didn't Kevin Garnett borrow it for a time? Did. It should have never... I think the problem was it should have never been shown at all to Kevin but it, Garnett. But it was KG, so you're like, K, right. KG, check out. But then what... Okay, so he did it through... So Lakeith Stanfield plays KG's buddy. So, like, why did KG want it? He loved it. When he started looking through, he was like, I can see my future, my past. This holds, like, eternity inside here. It's like, I can see everything. <laughs> this dude thought it was a fucking <laughs> infinity gem. Uh, Basically. <laughs> well, and, th- and then he breaks the glass, and he thinks it's a sign. Right. From leaning on the glass too hard. Man. I mean, he's a big guy. I don't, What did you think about Kevin Garnett's acting performance? I, I liked know. it. I liked it. I'm not that good at like judging people's acting, to be honest. I thought it was fine. Like whatever. I don't. Uh, he was just like himself. Like he wasn't. It was like that's Kevin Garnett. Like, I yep. I, be- yeah. I believed he was Kevin Garnett. <laughs> <laughs> I thought. I mean, yeah. Usually, when athletes do act, it's usually pretty bad. So. I'll give him that it wasn't bad. And yeah, he's playing himself. Like it's, I mean, I don't know if if you've been on a set, like acting, I mean, I, you can't really say acting is really hard (laughs) because it's like there's coal miners who have hard jobs and and that is true, but it is hard. Like it's, it's mentally draining to be a good actor is actually really hard. Um, because when you show up on set, there's lights, there's really bright lights everywhere, and there's people, there's like dozens of people just looking at you, and at, you know that you're on the clock, and time is money, because especially if you're shooting on film, which I, which I believe they did for this movie, um, as opposed to shooting on digital, uh, like, you know, recording devices, it's really expensive, and so every, every minute can cost tens of thousands of dollars, like literally, and, and everyone everyone on set knows that right so if you're supposed to like show up walk through this hall save this and then go back that seems easy as hell but i'm telling you man it's 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 hard yeah and i think it's smart to um if you're gonna use a like an nba athlete to have him play himself as an nba athlete i mean yeah it's a good move yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's interesting too because these guys, the Safdie brothers, um, who wrote and directed this, they're from Queens, I believe, and it's interesting that they would choose a Celtic to to base the movie around because it seems like they probably could have gotten a Nick Nick's player. Um, I mean, who would they have from that era? that era? Like though. Amari Stoudemire, Stefan Marbury. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he was on the team yeah. at that point, was he? Yeah, because it's set. I believe it's set in like what twenty twelve. 
Because it's when the Celtics were playing uh, the Sixers in the playoffs, I believe. Um, so around, say around 2012, 2013. Um, so yeah, Stoudemire or um, yeah, I don't know I don't exactly. Know. He's, he's, That's a whole nother problem. Like the Knicks, ugh. but yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought he was. I thought it was fine. Like he didn't. He wasn't. I, okay, I can't think of an example, but there have been times when you've watched a movie and been like, yeah, this person is so bad, they're like distracting. Like he wasn't mm-hmm. distracting, he didn't take away anything. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'll give him that. So, uh, I'm going to go on the limb and say I enjoyed KG in that movie. I mean, I definitely enjoyed him. I mean, I, yeah, and I'm just talking about general acting talent. I don't know. Why, why do you say that? Um, I mean, he, I think he did well enough where I wasn't, I was just watching the, you know, like the whole thing where you're, when somebody does a a good enough job where you think, um, they're not acting, but they're part of the movie. Um, he, he got to that part for me or to that point where I was like, oh, it's not KG acting. It's like, he's part of the movie for me. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess you could probably attribute that to some of the writing too. Cause it just like seemed like he was being like himself for sure. Yeah, totally. Um, and I, you know, just from a the cinematography angle, like it's, it has a very naturalistic feel like, like I think there's a lot of handheld shots. Uh, like a lot of the shots are really close to the actors. Um, so you're, you're right up in there and you're, you're feeling them, which, which, you know, gives it that sort of natural uh, patina. Um, but anyway, I, I'm going through my notes here. I and I, I'm like, why did I? So I'm looking through some of this. I'm like, why did I write this? <laughs> and yeah, as is usually the case, like when I try to jot down notes for trifling in NYC segments, and I forget what I meant. But I wrote down, uh, should any movie be over two hours? Now this movie is two hours and fourteen minutes. And I don't know, for me, it's, I get impatient just general, just generally across the board. And I, with long movies, I really get impatient and I don't know, like, I, I don't like, I don't think in, actually, I don't think any, any movie really needs to be over two hours. Um, I don't know. Did you guys have a problem with, uh, with the length? Um, I did not actually, it just because it was such an, how do you say, like an active, very active movie right there wasn't a lot of downtime there wasn't any like wasted scene or wasted space something was always happening i i didn't either um i had like i had a problem with the irishman but um oh oh, don't don't. (laughs) you know how many times i I try to get through that like literally like over 10 and i could never make it through So you still haven't finished it? No, I just, I mean, yeah, I just keep passing out. <laughs> it's yeah, I was I was disappointed with it. Even aside from you know the fact that it's like uh, it's like seven hours. Um, did I did I tell you that I saw it? Like I saw it. I went to a screening that De Niro was at. Actually, it was like an early screening. Did I tell you that? Um. I don't think so. It it was because he's a member of uh, the Tribeca Film Institute, which is the group that does the Tribeca Film Fest, and so it was like a special screening, uh, advanced screening for for that. 
Um, and so it was actually, it was at a museum. It was at the Mu- museum of the moving image, which is this um, like film and TV museum out in Queens. And they have a screening room, but it's old school. And like, I, I, I had forgotten what sitting in a normal movie theater uh. like because you, I mean, Jay, you and I, we, we go see a, a fair bit of movies or we, we used to, but like every movie theater in the city now, like has the reclining seats, which like, yeah, I, like I can't go back. Yeah. You, you I can't can, go back. Yeah. To once you've had that, you can't go back to that old style. Nope. But the thing is like, yeah, that's with the movie. Like he was there. De Niro was there. And so it's like, I felt bad about getting up to to even go to the bathroom so i so i had to go to the bathroom like for like the last i don't know five hours of- <laughs> oh that's the worst um yeah but any, anyway yeah like this I, I i agree with you like it, it definitely it was act yeah it was active like you were saying and so and and again like there's so much weirdness happening in it and like, and Sandler's character is really compelling and I don't know, like he it's, he's playing against type, but you know, we've known like Sandler can do drama when he wants like punch truck love, I think is an amazing performance uh-huh. on his part. Love, and and actually, be- actually better than this performance um, in my opinion. And yeah, he'll occasionally do drama. And I, I know he was really shooting for an Oscar uh, with this one. And I, I believe I read somewhere like he didn't even get nominated um, for for best performance. Although I think he won or was nominated for a Golden Globe. I think he or maybe a Screen Actors Guild Award or something, something like that. One of those bullshit awards that that never matter because it's all about the Oscars, baby. <laughs> <laughs> What are you talking about, baby? It's the Oscars, baby. You know about the Oscars, baby. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I could listen to that all day. <laughs> um, yeah, and like as I was watching it, I was like, I, I, I don't know. Like, it's still there's something off. Like, I, I didn't, I didn't disagree with him not being nominated. I'll say. Um, I don't know. What, what did you guys think of his performance overall? Zombie one. Oh, that's an that's an Oscar worthy performance for sure. Um, that goes back to my point of like being being a gambler. Um, mm-hmm. He nailed it. He nailed it. Um, he had me. He what, what aspects of it? Like every because uh, there's stuff where like he 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 wins and then he wants to gamble again immediately like to, to double up on his money essentially well he's losing all those times and then he's like well yeah he also loses a lot he's like and that's that's another gambling thing like you just keep trying to get your shit back you know when you right. lose and you're just desperate and um i love like the scene where he's watching the basketball game and if you've ever put money on like on a game it's like everything that happens you go crazy (laughs) and it's like yeah like you know uh, when he's watching it and his wife's pissed at him and like in the living room because he's supposed to be watching the kid and it's like uh he just can't can't break from the game like that's so that's like perfect the way he is and then um um yeah i'll just yeah like i i I've never, I, I, I maybe have bet on a game here and there, but I like the, the whole thing about 
like I would bet on win win lose. Like doing like the point oh, spread, yeah, and over unders. Like as soon as you start talking about spreads and over unders, you, you've lost me. Like I, I don't want to get into all that. Like it's too. And I get that, like you know, for odds making, et cetera, Like just win lose isn't really that attractive because you you kind of always know who's gonna win. Like like even as a as a casual fan of fo- like football, like you you kind of know, and and it does. Like chalk, like basically the whole thing about rock, rock chalk. You know, um, the better team almost always wins. Put a hundred, so put a hundred dollars on over one time, and it's it's kind of funny to watch you because every time either side scores, you're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and oh people, yeah. <laughs> people watching, you're like, yo, this cat's cheering for both sides like crazy. Like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I will say though. I well, speaking of the, yeah, Jay knows this too. Like, I had a bet recently with a buddy uh, of mine that the bet was that I I didn't think that any of the major sports leagues were actually going to start in the Corona era. Um, like I thought, like it was going to go to shit immediately. Even if they're planning for this bubble in the NBA, like it's it's not going to work out, and they'll realize that they they just can't do it. Um. So, I mean, Major League Baseball started this past week. It, it seems like the NBA is almost certainly going to start this coming week. Um, so, yeah, I, lo- I lost the bet. But but I only bet a dollar on it. Um, <laughs> That's I'm, right. I'm pay- and I'm, well, yeah, I did the, the, the trading places bet, which... Um, Two peas in a pot over there, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, and I... I, I know he's listening to this too and I, I'm paying him back. I, I told him like, cause I, I was sort of grumpy that I lost. And so I was like, I'm going to pay you back in Venmo payments of seven cents and, and on installments <laughs> over the course of like the next, I don't know, 15 weeks or whatever. <laughs> Break out the jar of pennies. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to mail him a jar Actually, I'm gonna put a bunch of pennies in a sock, and I'm gonna package that up and send it to him in Seattle. Nice. And then I'll I'll probably subsequently get arrested on some sort of domestic terrorism charges. <laughs> um. So I don't know. Sending that sock. I don't know what my I don't know what my bail is gonna be on that, but we may have to do some gambling to raise money for my bail. So Deal. we got you. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the next thing I wrote down was um. Okay, and this is like a broader thing, and and I want to get like the Garnett and his crew. It's interesting because like the first thing we see of Garnett's crew is them beating down the gangster dudes that Sandler is in hawk to. Like Garnett's bodyguards are beating these guys up, and these guys who later become a huge threat for him. Um, so I don't know that that sort of it, it's representative of the, of the power display, like. You know, KG is multimillionaire many times over, and so it makes sense that he would have these bodyguards who can take down like these—I mean, these like mid-middle tier gangsters. I, I guess is how you would describe them. But to Howard, those middle tier gangsters are huge, huge problem and a huge threat. Um, but it's interesting, like it shows you how he, the world that he interacts with, like he's dealing with super rich and then, you know, that the super broke, like broke people at the, like the pawn, when he goes to the pawn shop, I mean, not broke people, but like, I don't know, there's a spectrum of, of that. Um, I don't know. What did, what did you guys think about the, the gangsters? And, and I guess we can talk about the fact that his uncle 
is also working with the gangsters. Um, and well, I mean, they're essentially bookies, but like they're the enforcement end of the of the bookie game. Yeah, actually, you know what? That part was a little unclear to me. Their relationship, right? So, what, who like all to Eric Eric Bogosian's character? Yeah, was Bogosian in charge of them? Because that other guy seemed like seemed like Bogosian was in charge, but that other guy was the one that kind of seemed like he was in charge because he wasn't listening to Bogosian. the tall, like Aryan looking. Yeah, guy. the angry one. He was angry all the time. But I thought he was sort of just like an enforcer guy, and Bogosian was more the head, but he just stopped listening to Bogosian at a certain point. Yeah. But Bogosian was the leader, I guess? I Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It wasn't a... I mean, for me, it was, you know, they there's a reveal halfway through where Bogos, it turns out Bogosian is at, um, I think it's like a Passover like dinner. Yeah. Um, that Sandler's like he's in his family to some degree, and, yes. and I said uncle. I'm not sure if it's made clear that he's his uncle, but he's definitely some sort of family connection. Um, which is crazy because is that after the the scene where he gets him naked and puts him in a, in his own trunk? Um, <laughs> yeah, right? I believe. So. I think it is after. Yeah. That. yeah. Um. Yeah, that's that's striking. But I mean, I guess it's you know, if you need a bookie. And there is one in your family. I, I guess you would go. You would go to them. Why not? Because what are they going to do? Like strip you naked and put you in a trunk or something? Yeah, well, you're thinking like, well, what's the worst <laughs> that can happen? Well, <laughs> yeah. What are they going to do? Kill me? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, that brings back the the gambling like gambler's personality. You'll if you'll borrow from anybody. You know. Yeah. It doesn't matter who it is. Yeah, I mean, he's clearly he's in the he's an addict. He's a gambling addict, and it, this is like it shows he he's in the throes of it. And uh, and that's the thing with, the, with addiction when it when it's viewed as a problem, like when it's fucking up your your normal life, that then it's a problem. Um, same same is true of alcoholism uh, and and any sort of drug use. Um, when it becomes a problem, then then it's a problem, you know. Um, so yeah, like for me. It was weird because the stakes kind of shifted. Like I was at a first like, oh shit, are they going to beat him to death? And then it's like, like in the early scene where he's like, I don't have the money, but I'm going to get it later or whatever. And they just kind of walk away. Then I'll, cause then I'm like, okay, well maybe he's okay. He's connected somehow. Like, but then later, like, yeah, they, they beat him up and put him in the trunk of his car. Like that. I'm like, damn, like that's yeah. really scary. But then, like later, like uh, there's a scene where they beat him up in in the fountain, like outside. But they let him keep the uh, the gem in the box. Yeah. So I don't know. Right. The stakes, the stakes the were gem? sort of shifting. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I guess we we're we're doing full spoilers. So right. Go. Sorry. Say again. That was after the failed auction. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, they kick his ass. Yeah, by because the he had the, because he had the. Yeah, he fucked up the auction, right. so he had the. He like had he the. Had gem. his dad buy it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, man, this guy's messy. He's he's a sloppy bitch. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, so shifting stakes, um. Which I think I think as I'm thinking back on the first time I watched it, I think that was one of the things that annoyed me. It's like, well, is like what 
like they never make the stakes clear. Like, is he, is he in danger of being killed over these debts? And I mean, until the very end, it's not, basically he's not. It seems like he's chill. And also, like, he's clearly doing pretty well because he has a whole fucking apartment for his mistress, <laughs> which to have a home in Long Island and a fucking fuck pad in Midtown, like, you're fucking balling. Yeah. So how he must be pretty successful at the gambling, which means that for the bookies, yeah, you don't want to kill him because he can keep generating money for you. And he must have. Yeah, it didn't. It seemed like. Um. Eric Bogosian's character did not want wanted to go that far. Like he really wanted to scare him and wanted to make it serious because he needed his money. And then the part I think where it took a like a real shift was when he found out that he had the money, but then placed a bet with that money that right. he owed him. And he was like, "No, no, no, hold the fuck up! This is no, this is not happening." Yeah, yeah, and like the like it, it was interesting too because. Every one of Sandler's interactions with these enforcers, he's like yelling at them. Yeah. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> and I'm like, damn, okay. So again, like, yeah, shifting stakes. Like, if you're yelling at these like enforcer dudes, even after you're getting beaten up, he's still yelling. He's like, I'll get the fuck. No, it's sure thing. K- KG was in my office. I, I got the end. He told me he's going to score tw- like 12. It's going to be 12 rebounds tonight. Come on. You f- are you serious? Like, damn. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's definitely got some balls. Like, he's fighting the weekend at the club and shit. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. What was that about? Like, I that that felt shoehorned in. That's like, okay, we can get the weekend wants to be in this movie. <laughs> Let's find fine. Let's write a scene for him because it's just he goes to the show because his mistress is a fan, and then he catches his mistress in the bathroom with the weekend. Like, what fucking or doing coke or something? Flirting, I would say. Do I have that right? I would I say flirting. flirting. I thought. She I was mean, doing... if you're flirting, if your girl's flirting with the weekend, I mean, come on. I think she that, did you know, great. You, I think you lost her. I think she you was lost doing her. great. Uh, being like, you know how he was all pissed that she was quote unquote cheating on him, but it's it's so funny because he's mad at his mistress for cheating, even though <laughs> even though she talk yeah. to, like talk about double standard, huh? Do you think she was maybe just doing that to make him jealous because he wasn't paying attention to her? Do you think there's any angle uh, like like that? What do you think? No, I just thought it was like, oh, it's the fucking weekend, you know, like and then because she kept she kept um, turning down his advances and she was actually being as good as you would expect anyone to be um, in that situation. Yeah um she she really i think she really loved him like she was very affectionate towards him she of course knew that he was married um and she had his back like she was kind of ride or die like at the end where where she well yeah like he gives her a big bag of money and tells her to go to connecticut a casino in connecticut to place a bet um which i believe that was a parlay too like right and uh and it, it it hit um and then he and then he he hit no sorry i'm sorry um let me ask you this too like um because there's a scene the part of uh the storyline in the, in the initial part is so Kate, kevin garnett borrows the stone and i think in return as collateral he gives him his uh championship ring yeah right? this guy which which sandler sandler then goes to pawn <laughs> 
And maybe, maybe like, I don't know how, I guess I don't know how pawning works. Like, cause they say the guys at the pawn shop are looking at him and they make him an offer. And I wrote it down. It's 25,000 with an 8% VIG. But with this, it's like, he knows he's always going to get it back. So how do you get money? So you pawn it, they give you 25 K with interest and then you go back and pay it. Like, what is the, how does, how does this work? So I believe it's a loan until a specific time. And then it's, you get charged this high ass interest rate plus the money that you owe or you just, or do you just like lose the item? So they're basically, I think they're basically counting on you fucking up and like owing the maximum or just losing. Okay. Right. So it's, yeah, it's just a, it's a loan, a short-term loan with that as collateral basically. Mm -hmm. You have, well, you have like an option or you could just sell it up straight up. Okay. Yeah. He didn't want to do that, but, but man, like that, that showed me like you it's like juggling like he's got so many fucking fish in the in the frying pan you know i'm, yeah. I'm mixing metaphors yeah, there right. but he's got he's way too much going on and then that just showed me how completely reckless he was, was yeah. like, that's not yours you don't own that <laughs> <laughs> and you're gonna pawn it okay <laughs> I like that those pawn shop guys weren't even impressed with the fact that it's a fucking Celtic championship ring well, that, loaded with diamonds. That's the whole thing. You, No matter what, you act like that because you want to give them the lowest price possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think – I don't remember the exact words. What is it? Like most of the value with that would be in sentimental value for like a real Celtics – like a Celtics fan. I think that's right. what they said. Something like that. Because Adam Sandler did want – a higher amount and the guy's like nah this is what you'll get so i guess okay so he's not selling it straight up i guess i'm wondering like so they wouldn't put it in their window not yet to offer not yet window. they've gotten they gave him like three days right that was their agreement whatever it was right yeah till friday um yeah everything was till friday to friday friday <laughs> <laughs> man that guy like his life like how could he keep yeah, track of all, how, how was he keeping track of all that stuff like he probably had like a good like what what do they call it like a uh, one of those memories where you can just kind of like like a beautiful mind type yeah. thing where you, it's it's all in your head and like when you're that fixated on it, it it's just always present in your in your head like at all times and i guess if you get used to it you can build on that and, and, and keep track of it. Like, yeah, he, like the movie shows us rough, like roughly, I don't know, seven or eight bets that he makes, but he probably has like another 20 going at the same time. Yeah, probably. Um, and let's, well, let's talk about the, the very end where, so basically he's, he gets the money from Kevin Garnett for the stone, the, the uncut gem. He then wants to place a, a parlay bet based on information that he got from Kevin Garnett in the conversation. The enforcer dudes come at that same time and he knows that they're going to want the money, which he does owe them. Yes. And it's almost like the, the same amount. I think it's 10, 10,000 short. He, 
but he he's so certain about this bet that he has his mistress take the money and fly on a helicopter to Connecticut to place this bet at a, at a casino. Meanwhile, he traps the enforcers in his um oh wait so they do come in but then as they're leaving he he traps them in this little sort of intermediary vestibule type thing that requires buzzers um and he's like this bet's a sure thing uh just stay here because i'll have millions you'll get your money back and then he does win but the enforcer dudes are so angry that they kill him and then start robbing this the store. They kill him and his uncle, and then just rob the place. Yeah. Do I have that right? I think so. Yeah. I don't remember if the other guy got killed, but definitely he got killed. Did they kill both of them? Oh yeah, no. His uncle definitely okay. got, got killed too, because right. he was trying to stop them. He because he saw, holy shit, he did. Yeah, win he the saw bet. them win it, but that other guy was just so furious. Yeah. I don't know. What, Zombie boy, what are your thoughts on the ending there? Um. I was super sad by that. Um, like he, fi- like this guy's horrific story finally comes around, and then um, that super angry dude just caps him. No matter, he doesn't care what happened. He's just so pissed. And um, you know, it's kind of a lesson in gambling. Like you kind of never win. Even when you win, kind See? of a thing. Yeah, yeah that's the thing yeah. because he would. The next day, he would have been gambling that, like, winning a million. Say it's a million dollars or whatever. All he's seeing is more opportunities to move that to put that money out out in the and make make it make more money. It, yeah, it's never enough. That's and, that's the and thing. that's exactly right. So when you win, you just make bigger bets next time. Yeah, I will say though, like. I, I think the movie did a good job of portraying his joy and like in that, in that moment, like there, there is like, that's, I mean, that's the high that, that, that yeah, that know, was his high looking for. Definitely. That's his high. Like his, his vindication. Like I was right. I told you guys, nobody listens to me. Nobody believes in me. I told you. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> like viewing gambling as like, yeah, I was, I'm right. I was right. I told you I was right. Cause the placing a bet. Yeah. You're predicting the future. And being right and being listened to is sort of an innate human need, really. Um, and you know, in certain people, maybe it's they, they feel it's lacking. So, huh? I never, I've never thought about gambling that way. But yeah, it's like listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm doing. I'm right. I also thought it kind of after I was sad, I was like, well, maybe it's a happy ending because he died like on that high. Which is yeah, probably right. the best feeling he can have. Like, I don't think he would have got any higher than that. And he didn't really see yeah. that guy coming, you know? Yeah, so he didn't really have to dread it. Like, it's not like, oh man, these guys are going to kill me seven days from now. Exactly. Um, it's pure euphoria. Yeah, and, and he won, like, a, was a six way parlay or whatever? I like, think six the last things one had was a three way. I was just three way. Okay. I think the tip. Uh, Kevin Garnett. Wait, it was. I think it was the tip um, points that Kevin Garnett scored, um, rebounds, and then they had to win the game. But right, and right. it had to add up to twenty six points, whatever that meant. Yeah, yeah. That's and that's crazy. Like I would. Oh my god. 
I would never. The, I, the, even thinking about that bet stresses me out. <laughs> I know it was oh, that, it's too much. Watching was, the like, I, the I mean, tip. fuck, I made a bet. I made a bet for a dollar like a, a couple weeks ago, and I'm I'm st- <laughs> like <laughs> like I'm angry about that. Putting like a hundred a hundred thousand dollars on a bet, I I couldn't handle it. That was all his money too. It it, it appeared all his free money. I mean, like in any case, like if it really, if this is the thing, like if it comes down to it, and they do this in The Sopranos, like he can sell the business, or like he has a really big house in Long Island, like he has access to 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 money if he really, really needs it. You know, like his wife is going to be pissed. I guess we should talk about her too. Um, his wife portrayed by Adina Menzel. Um, I mean, she, she, I will say maybe the, the characterization of her wasn't that great because she was one note. She was just angry at him yeah. all the time, which I, I think it, it's implied or maybe even stated that she knows that he's cheating. Oh, she knows. Cause she knew about the, she knew about that apartment and she knew what was right. happening in there. Like she didn't want her son to go up there to use the bathroom even. Right. And he did, he wouldn't even let him in yeah. to use the bathroom. Um, which I, I sort of get, yeah, you don't want your child like quote, quote unquote tainted in that way. Um, okay. So she knew and yeah, she's justifiably angry. Uh, and she, but, but that's all you got out of her, you know? Yeah. That I mean, is. It's, this movie is not about, it's not about her. It's a, it's a character piece for the most part. That's, that's about Howard. Uh, so okay, but I, like but. how genuine were his feelings? Like when she was at wherever they were, I don't remember. I think it was her dad or his dad at the house, and she was trying on the wedding dress, and then he came in right. and he said some nice things. But like, was he really being genuine, or like, give me one more chance or whatever? She's like, nah, fuck that. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't buy that. It was. It, I think what he's seeing there, give me one more chance, etc. It's like that could fuck the money up getting a divorce fucks the money up. Then I don't have as much money to gamble with, mm. you know, yeah. I don't even think he loved uh, the mistress to be honest. Um, I think she was just there. She worked with him and she was just around and she liked him. So, you know, and, and he, uh, he knew that he could use her to help him gamble. Like uh, he loved gambling. That, that was his love. Yeah. That was his true love. I th- yeah, baby. I think he loved both of them actually. Um, you do in different ways, and he's just selfish. So hmm. he wanted he wanted to keep his wife for different reasons. He wanted to keep the mistress for more of the fun stuff, and he wanted to keep the wife for more comfort stuff. In my opinion, yeah. Um, he's just like a selfish guy. That makes sense. He just wanted he wanted it all, right? And like the their relationship with this wife was clearly like beyond repair. In her mind, it was one thousand percent done. Like they. Were. But do you think she would have ever divorced him? I thought they were. weren't They're they about. To, they're about. To. Yeah. Oh, were they? Yeah. I guess I didn't pick up on that. I knew. I mean, I knew that. Yeah, in the scene you're talking about, where she tries on the wedding dress, I do. I blanking on what she, exactly she says, but she says something really cruel to him, to his she face. Did yeah, I don't remember what it was. It was either. like, uh, your face looks so stupid, 
something like that. Your face. <laughs> yeah. She's like, your face looks stupid, and I hate seeing it. I hate seeing you and your face. <laughs> oh god. That's pretty. Yeah, and she's. But the thing is, she says it. She's not even. She says it calmly. Which makes it so much worse than than like if she was yelling at him in in the throes of anger, you know? Yeah, like she's she's been thinking about that insult for for a good while, right? She's like, uh, but I mean, I think that's part of the, you know, her her pain and trauma. You know, that's what happens when you're when you're living with an addict and married to a gambling addict. You know, like yeah, he's not there when you need him to be there. Yeah, and she's put up with a lot of his bull- bullshit yeah over the years definitely i mean they have well they have two was it two kids i believe so yeah that's right they have an older daughter so the daughter looked to be about 17 or 18 so they've been oh, together no, maybe for, they had three three kids then did they have two young because one of the boys was really young and then the other one was the one with like fucking like a jungle gym in his room he had like the basketball that gym was that room was nuts right um he yeah. was the older one and they were like he was like getting him into betting it seemed that's like. right yeah yeah and then the, the small one that he put to bed but he was like trying to read a story about watch his game that he had to bet on <laughs> at the same time it's like man this fucking dirt bag like yeah and apparently the the story is loosely based on the safety brothers uh relationship with their dad wow um who was i guess was sort of like that and and i i want to I, I should have looked this up before and i want to say that he also ran a, a jewelers in the city um and there's some there's some sort of trauma there too but but apparently they i think they grew up with their mom who was like they went to dalton which uh, as people who don't know, is a very expensive private school in the city. Very, very uh, high profile. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's sort of like fractured love letter to their dad in a way. Um, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um. One thing that I did want to mention that was driving me insane and so frustrating was Lakeith Stanfield's character. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Why? He was so annoying. He was like so what? Give me an example. Annoying. Like when essentially he's like, I need this back. I need it by Friday. And then he couldn't get in touch with the guy. Then he's got to track. Oh him yeah. He's like, I need this gem to take it to the, the appraisal people. So it can be in the auction. Like he, like he was going to cost him so much money. That is really annoying. When he, like, he ditched you, them on you know, that. You, yeah, and then they so had to you go know, to Philadelphia. They had to drive to Philadelphia. Yeah, when someone know, when you know that someone knows that you need some shit really urgently and they're blasé about it. Oh my God, that drives me yeah, crazy. Yeah, he shows up without it and is like, yeah, we got to go to Philadelphia to get it. He's like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you like, – Oh my gosh, he was also, so frustrating. When they show up to Philadelphia, he ditches them. Yeah. With- <laughs> yeah, that's right. He goes in that VIP area and doesn't even like. Yeah, that's. I mean that, but that that felt that felt really real, like true to life. Like I, I maybe it's just because I know people like that, and I've, <laughs> I've seen I've I've seen it while out and about in the Lower East Side. Um, that yeah, that character type felt super real to me at least. 
Yeah, and he was so annoying. And then he like he had his his fake watches that Howard was storing for him in the safe. Like they had their whole little scheme. They had you know they had a little a little thing running. So it yeah. wasn't all on the Keith, but yeah, for that for that part of it, like he's a hundred percent to blame. Oh, when yeah. he, when he pours that drink in the the fish tank. Oh yeah, that was messed up, man. That was so messed up. It was a flux. What was <laughs> what was that drink? Didn't matter. I think it was just Coca Cola, wasn't it? I don't know. Whatever it was, it was red. It wasn't gonna Gatorade, maybe. That's called a flex, baby. (laughs) I don't know. Before okay, so before we wrap up, uh, Ken, did you have anything else you wanted to hit on Um, that we missed? uh, I guess to me, like the the saddest part was the auction. Oh Why? yeah, I don't. I feel like that was the end, the beginning of the end. Like the, that was the nail in the coffin. I was like, oh my god, like, because I I didn't get stressed until I know you guys said you got stressed a lot through the whole thing. I really didn't get too stressed until that auction failed. The auction didn't stress me. It would just made me feel bad for him, especially when he was in the lobby. They wouldn't let him upstairs, and then he tried to run that little little scam. Telling her, oh, well, she said, and she's like, "Mm mm-hmm, she said that. And then, like, well, let me see these, let me see, let me see the auction handbook. Maybe uh, I I have to go take all of these to my people. She's like, okay, get get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Well, can you imagine having your dad bid for you, like, with that plan, and then him leaving, (laughs) him winning the auction? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I would kill kill myself. It was, right. Everything from right from him being in the lobby to you're, yeah, I forgot about that. That he actually won. KG was like, no, 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 I'm done. And then he had, his dad had to buy it. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I actually like for the the auction scene was like for some reason I was like, oh, this plan's gonna work. I should have known better, I guess. But like, like as it was going, like it it was working yeah. for a time. And then he just went too far, you know, and it, I mean, that's the, you know, that's the, that's the whole deal with the film. But, but yeah, I was happy for him initially. KG was with his this advisor of, and his advisor was like, nah, 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 don't do it. Yeah. I, and I think that's one of the few moments where I, I, I was happy because it felt like a safe environment. Like everything else, like at this guy's store, he has he has hoods coming through. He's out in the streets. He's at the club with the weekend. Like it seems like in all those areas, he could have get he could have been hit at any point. But it feels like at the auction house. Okay, well, there's of course very good security. It felt safe, so it felt like I could root for him at that point without the fear that it's going to go to shit. I mean, I should, again, I should have known, right? Yeah. But at least he's not going to get shot in the auction. House. Right. I was like, man, like, I don't know. He just, it may, I think it was even worse for me because he was so proud of like getting that, getting the gem and being like, you know, this has been like three years in the works. I'm going to take it. I'm going to flip it. And then I guess the first um, knockdown to that was when they're like, well, you didn't bring it in when I asked you to bring it in. So it wasn't appraised properly. We didn't have the chance to do it. We didn't have the time. So, this is the value. It was like $10,000 less than what he wanted, right? I don't remember exact, but it was like a lot, a big difference between what they put it up as and what he thought it was going to be listed as. And part yeah, of that was because he it, didn't get it in. And it was like, oh. 
In the beginning, he was yeah, telling think, KG it was a million-dollar rock, so I'm sure it was way less than he thought. Yeah, I feel like he, he was telling them it should be listed at around 300 k and they did it for 100 or, or something like that. Yeah, and that shit, I was just like, damn. That was when I feel, was really starting to feel bad for this guy. Like, man, like he was feeling so good about himself, like so proud about what he did, and then... Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> so like, no. It's worth one third of what you think it is. I, the thing is, I could never feel that bad for him, I guess, because because he had that fuck pad. I'm sorry <laughs> if you have you have a whole apartment just just to hang out. And and she was in there with her with her friends, like getting lit. Yeah, she was like half living there, or maybe all living there. I, I don't know. I yeah, tell. But if you got fuck pad money, I'm, uh, there's only so so bad I can feel for you. I'm sorry. It's true. He's got that money. He's got a mortgage. Like, yeah. Good point. This house was big as hell. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah, like I, I feel guilty if I go to Whole Foods, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, I'm saying, yeah, you're, you're fucking right about that. I mean, I, I, it, yeah, I don't have I, I haven't been to Whole Foods in years, man. Now I'm going to Key Foods. <laughs> Which one? Some of those Key Foods they try to getting brand those, it. Those, they they those. try to brand it as something else, but then on the bottom it says Buy Key. No, mm-hmm. no, I'm getting the Pringle. I'm getting the regular Pringles. I don't. I don't want any chips that have like that have please recycle on it on the side of it. <laughs> Justin, you go to Whole Foods? Uh, some not in a long time. I used to when I was like closer to it when I worked in the city, and then there was one that was um by my old office. But since I'm not near it, and I don't really ride public transportation so much anymore, I don't, and I don't order groceries online, so. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, I got to get, I got to get some groceries. I have in my fridge a couple, like I found these, these blueberry um, pops, like frozen pops that I've been like, I can eat like four of them Mm. a day. And it wasn't until recently that I actually looked at the nutrition facts and they have like, it's like 30% of your sugar content for the day is, is in one of them. Yeah, Damn. and you're taking like four at a time. <laughs> I I was taking four to the head, right quick, <laughs> uh, and and then having no sugar for the rest of the day, right? No, the rest of the week, <laughs> shit. And when I say four, I meant probably like because I I get two boxes at a time. I get one blueberry, one strawberry. They're so they're by Chloe's. Is, is oh, I've seen that. Yeah. They are pretty. Oh good. my god, that blueberry is so. Yo, I have some right now. I, we have to wrap up because I gotta go get one now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Zombie Boy, yeah, thanks for joining as always. Uh, Pleasure. Any, any closing thoughts? Um, baby, <laughs> eat, eat, eat something. Eat something brown. Eat something brown. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> no, eat something green. Eat something green. <laughs> eat something brown. Eat some. Eat, <laughs> eat something green. Drink your water, and and don't gamble too much. Maybe a little bit here and there with your buddies, but don't don't go crazy. Yeah, no parlays. One dollar limit. One dollar limit. Yes. <laughs> Fishers podcast. We out, baby. <laughs>